Ephesians. Chapter 4. We got down here, but I'm going to read verse 13 of chapter 4. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Now how people read that, as if that applies to all of the religions in the world. But it doesn't apply there. It's only to the churches of like faith and order as the Ephesian church was. And if a church does not come in the unity of the faith, it won't last. It can't work. And of the knowledge of the Son of God, why would anybody not like doctrinal preaching and teaching? Because the more you can learn about the Lord, the more you progress, the more you mature, and the greater a Christian life that you can have and will have. And so and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, a mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, Brother Brown says there, that leaves a whole lot of room for us to improve. The measure is the stature of the fullness of Christ. We've got a whole lot of room in there. <laughs> All right, so, and this is in order that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men. Now, in no way do I want to trash legitimate questions. I think questions that you have about the doctrines and about the Bible are precious. And that's why I love to do these questions and answers things. But when somebody comes to me and says, Brother Gum, when that in Revelation says that, that everything in the ocean be resurrected, does that mean fish have souls? Now, see, now there you go, tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. That's somebody that hasn't heard, hasn't learned anything. And so, and, and such, just such stuff as that. And there's many, many questions asked like that. Anyway, uh, tossed about, to and fro, carried about with every wind. The wind carries you about with every wind of doctrine. By the slight, the hand's quicker than the eye, slight, slight of hand, of men and cunning craftiness. And that same word that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians, or second, yes, 1 Corinthians, no, 2 Corinthians, where he says, we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, chapter 4, and rejected 
It's panurgos. Just handling the word of God deceitfully. Just doing anything. Well, there's a lot of folks that'll do anything to get a crowd. I haven't been around it lately, but I know it's still going on in much bigger ways than it used to. But I used to see otherwise seemingly uh, preachers of like faith and order. And here they're going to, they're going to run in their buses and they're going to give, give a prize to the ones that bring the most kids on the bus. You get a live alligator. <laughs> or you got money taped under a seat of the bus. They do anything to get a crowd. Or we'll have somebody who's going to do a magic show for Jesus. Now you know, magic comes from the other side. What are you doing with that in a church? See, they'll do anything just to get a crowd. Being a success, and people, oh yeah, they're being a success, that's where I want to be. Well, that's not where I want to be. Whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But, Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. Talking about the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Speaking the truth in love that we may, may grow up into him in all things which is ahead, even Christ. Now, Christ the head of his church. So, speaking the truth in love. Well, two things there. You must speak the truth. Amen. Secondly, speak it in love. But let me tell you this. People generally have an idea of what speaking the truth in love is. And it doesn't necessarily agree with the Bible. Amen. Is there any taste in the white of an egg? That's what... Job asked, can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt? You got to have something just to make it palatable. How much can you make? Well, John MacArthur's got a message on there. I did, we did hear, we listened to it one morning, didn't we, honey? The most hated doctrine, it was the total depravity. I'm not sure that's the most hated. It's right up there, but I have an idea the sovereignty of God's the most hated. But the depravity of man's right up there with it. Hated doctrines. Look at Romans 3 real quick. Now verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth, there's none that seeketh after God. 
They're all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Let's see. Let's go to that. What's that big cathedral in Washington, D.C. that most of the presidents go to? I forget the name of it. But there's a great. I mean, it's, you, you, can, you can rest assured it's fancy. If I go there and just like I did, read that passage of scripture, how much love can I display with that? Oh, you just, what they'd say, I shouldn't have done it at all. Well, let's think about that. I know Jesus practiced Preaching the truth in love. I look over John 6. Just for a little bit. John 6 and uh, verse 59. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying, who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? Now that what is in italics there. And if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before, it is a spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Now, does it sound like that Jesus was pleasing everybody? But was he preaching the truth in love? Couldn't have been more love. And he said to his, the twelve, Will you all also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered them, said, Have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil? Mm. Of course, he spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. For he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Now, 
I'm not going to take time to go there. But Jesus said that the men of Nineveh were very wise. Much wiser than the Pharisees. Because they repented at the preaching or because of the preaching of Jonas. Well, Jonah went to Nineveh. You're talking about 800 B.C., a long time before Christ. Reluctant. Did not intend to go. And God sent him. And on the way, he sent him in to the bottom of the ocean in the whale of a, uh, belly of a whale. And when he got out of there, he said, he said, I, I've been in hell. Salvations of the Lord. Amen. But he still was a reluctant preacher. And when he got into Nineveh, I think you might be able to make a good case saying, he said, turn or burn, you bunch of heathen, and I hope you don't. He didn't want them to repent. But Jesus said they repented at the preaching of Jonas. Jesus didn't rebuke Jonas at all for his attitude in preaching. So, just be careful how much love you demand from your preachers. Even John MacArthur had a bunch get up and leave him the other day. Uh, I forget what he was preaching on. Uh, and I'm, he's, I don't agree with everything he says, but I agree with a lot of what he says. Oh, yeah, about, about the duties of husbands and wives. The husbands being the head of the house and all that. A bunch of them got it. Well, you're in California. But it's just like that here. But we must speak the truth. And let me tell you what. It takes an awful lot of love to preach the absolute truth of God's word in many places where it is to be preached. Because it could mean jail time. It could mean coffin time. So you are jeopardizing your standing with the world when you stand and preach the whole counsel of the word of God. So what kind of love are we going to uh, insist on well the love for the Lord the love for his word and the love to get his word to lost people and all people Amen. that takes a lot of love and so speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all in, in him in all things which is the head even Christ Christ is the head of his kind of church from whom? Continuation here. The head. Now, 
I don't think Paul had a medical degree. I don't think he had medical knowledge. But I'll guarantee you, I can't do it, but I know there's men that could. Brother, Dr. Minton would be one of them. can tell you that everything that Paul says in verse 16 absolutely is true and tells the truth about a body growing. From whom the whole body fitly joined together, the mind controls it all, the brain, and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now he's got a human body and a church body together there. But you know, we don't much think about it. Take a little baby. And as they grow, all of their component parts, all of their joints, all of their bones, they have to grow together. Or you've got, you've got a real bad problem on your hands there. It's all got to go together. But we did find this out. There's one set of bones that you've got that, don't, that do not grow. Your ear. Can you imagine what your ear would be like if they grew accordingly to other ones? Now where did that, where did that intelligence for that design come from? Well, it came from the Creator, God Almighty. That's where it came from. But this is how the, how the body grows. And normal case, it's, it's amazing how, how it all grows, works together. But that's how the body of the, of the church is to grow, and it's, it, it's to come first from the head, secondly from the Word of God, to be taught and to be preached in truth and in love. You can compare that with 1 Corinthians 12. You've got a whole section there that talks about this about every, every member for supplying that which it's designed to do. But he says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you all henceforth, from now on, walk not as other, now that word is ethnos, Gentiles or heathen, as Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. This is not saying that the lost world is able to do anything for the Lord. It says they're walking in the vanity of their heathen minds. And we're not to be doing that. Amen. We've been delivered from that. Amen. So, verse 18, continuing on. They, having the understanding, darkened. Now, when did their understanding darken? The Garden of Eden. When God created Adam and Eve, they were walking in the light. 
in the light of God. He's light. The Bible says he's light. Amen. said, where'd that light come from before the sun, moon, and stars were created? came from God. He is light. And Adam and Eve were walking in that light. And they did not have darkened minds. But the moment they sinned, their minds were darkened. And that's where the natural man is tonight. In a sin-darkened mind. Being alienated. Made a foreigner of the life of God. Through the ignorance that is in them. Now that's the same word that we get the word agnostic from. Ignorance. Agnostic. You ask an agnostic if they believe if there's a God, I don't know. Atheist is a fool who says no. But agnostic says, I don't know. That's what an agnostic is. He doesn't know. But he says the ignorance that is in them. Now we just mentioned this before services. What these people have done to our country. And they're still doing it. They, the Democrats in Washington. And there's some Republicans helping in that too. Uh, Mitt Romney and a few others just like him. Mitch McConnell and a few others. But they have now declared that two men can be married just like a man and a woman. Or two women just like a man and a woman. But that's, that's because of their spiritual wickedness Amen. and their teetotal Ignorance of the truth. <coughs> now I hope somebody would pass that on to that bunch in Frankfurt or Washington, D.C. Come on and get me. See if you can shut me up. I get tired of them. I really do. Anyway. Through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. They're blind. Now, a blind man can't read the billboards. Now, there's a big road sign. It says, Nary a bridge ahead. He doesn't know that. He's blind. Would be merciful if somebody would be with him and tell him. We can't go forward now because there's no bridge up there. The bridge is washed out. We've got to turn around and go back. That's what decent people do. But he is ignorant of that because he's blind. Nicodemus, a teacher of the Jews, What ignorance. Was that what he wasn't blind? Yes, he was. Spiritually blind. 
And so that ignorance because of the blindness of their hearts. Adam and Eve weren't that way before this end. I've heard some try to say that wasn't a big deal. I think it was a real big deal. When Adam, God told Adam to name all of the animals. He doesn't have a, a zoological dictionary with pictures. How could he name all those animals? It's because he wasn't ignorant. Because he had innate intelligence from his creation. God didn't create. That's what they say we were. Cavemen. The bunch of. Out at UK say that. Adam wasn't that way. He named all the animals. He had fellowship with God Almighty. And you talk about an intellect. He's omniscient. He has all knowledge. And Adam had fellowship with him. But then his mind and his heart were darkened. Plunged into the abyss of sin and degradation, deprivation, depraved. Who? Still talking about them now. Being past feeling. Numb. That's what it means to be past feeling. Numb. My poor foot stays about half numb. The one I got crushed and never will be right. Sometimes I can't tell where it is. I have to look at it until there's not a sock on it. Or if there's a sock on it. Just feeling of it, I can't tell. It's numb. Who being past feeling. That's where these lost people are. They're numb. Past feeling. And have given them. So, so boy you're conscious. Yeah your conscious don't do much for you at all. When you're numb. Doesn't do much for you at all. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. Lasciviousness. Wickedness. Sexual wickedness and all kinds of wickedness. What do you think it would take for a woman to say, I'm glad I murdered my unborn baby. Well, you've got movie stars saying that now. They've given themselves over to lasciviousness, <coughs> let alone the sexual stuff. To work all uncleanness 
with greediness. You've got a president that ain't done nothing but steal from taxpayers all of his life and his family. Greediness. And still getting more. We had a president that didn't even take a paycheck. But I guess people want that greediness up there because that means it's okay if they're greedy. The more wicked they are, the more wicked you can be. That's the thinking of it. But you have not so learned Christ. Christ said, come learn of me. You've not so learned Christ. That is, you haven't learned Christ in all of that stuff. That's completely opposite of who Christ is. The perfect example he set. If so be that you've heard him and have been taught taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Why are these people constantly looking for new versions of the Bible? New schemes, new books, new word from other people. The truth is here in the word of God. And that's where we learn of Jesus. And here's what we learn from Jesus. Verse 22. That you put off. Now that is an imperative. If he says you put off, that means you can put off. Not only can you, but must you. Concerning the former conversation. Now where was it? Back here. The old man. Now ladies, you've got an old woman. we got an old man. And that old man is corrupt. It's not being corrupted. It is corrupt. And it has been. According to the deceitful lust. And he said, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now that spirit is small case letters. That's not the Holy Spirit of God. That's the spirit of your mind. And here's what this means. You have got to change your thinking about yourself. I am no longer that. I can't walk that way. I have to walk this way. I have to get my mind under control. I was talking about quitting smoking the other day. I quit cold turkey. And it was like coming off drugs. 
But you know where the battle was? And I repeated it over and over and over again. I don't smoke. I don't smoke. I'm not a smoker. I, I quit smoking with people blowing it in my face. But I never one time called them down for it. Because I said, if I can't do it, it's my problem. They're not quitting, I am. But I had to win that mental battle. And I think that's what he's talking about. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You know, young people don't learn. When you, when you hang around unbelievers, it does affect you. If I would go, say, could I go into Joe's Barn Grill and get me a hot dog and a Coke? Could I do that and not be bothered? Yeah, I could do that. But now if I did it today, then I go back day after tomorrow. And next thing you know, I'd be in there every week. And the next thing you know, I'd be having a cool one. Because all of that is influencing me and my mind. I'm not better than anybody in Joel's Barn Grill. I'm not better than anybody. But I'm different. Amen. I'm a born again child of God. And I have not so learned Christ. And I must be renewed in the spirit of my mind. And that you put on. There you go again. He didn't tell me to and I can't. He tells me to because I not only can but I must. Put on the new man. <clears throat> well, I don't have anything to do with the new birth. That's all the work of God. Amen. But now putting on the new man, yeah, that has to do with being renewed in the spirit of your mind. <clears throat> putting on the new man, walking after the new man. Not that old dude, that old corrupt dude. Amen. The new man, which after God, By God, after the work of God, is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, Charles Spurgeon has an excellent message on that, on that verse. Holiness of truth is what he entitles it. He says, actually, if you read that literally, that's what that would say. Uh, create. After God is created in righteousness, in righteousness and holiness of truth. And what he says from that is that God put a principle in us in the new birth of holiness of truth. Walking after his commandments. People who are born again are commandment keeping people. That's what wholeness of truth is. Wherefore. Here we go again. Putting. 
A lot of putting here, isn't there? Putting off, putting on, putting away. <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a good outline. Putting away, lying. Well, I just can't help myself. Well, if you really can't help yourself, you're not saved. If you really can't do what God says to do, you're not saved. Because God has given us virtue, godliness. He's given us everything that we need pertaining to godliness and virtue. We can do it. But if you truly tell me you can't change, then you're not saved. It's just plain and simple. Don't, don't fool yourself any longer. But he says now, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Your neighbor is one near you. Yeah. We're not to be lying to each other. Husbands and wives are not to be lying to each other. Parents and children are not to be lying to each other. Church members are not to be lying to one another, lying to the pastor. Now, you know what Brother Hundley used to say? An excuse is just a skin of a reason stuffed full of lies is what he used to say. But we're to put that line away. Then he says, be ye angry. There's a command. So he doesn't say there's anything wrong with anger. Somebody doesn't have anger, they're not normal. They do have, they've just got it suppressed. But he says, sin not. When your anger causes you to sin, your anger is controlling you and not the Spirit of God. And let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You had an argument today? Get it settled before you go to bed and go to sleep. That means literally do that. Neither give place to the devil because that's what that's doing. You're saying move over. I'm moving over and letting the devil stay right here because that's what happens. Let him that stole steal no more. So there's lying, anger, thieving. But rather let him labor. Labor, work. It's ungodly not to work. Amen. I'm not saying if you're disabled and can't work. If you don't work, if you're ungodly. You can't be a faithful child of God and not work. Let him labor. Working with his hands. Isn't that what God said in the Garden of Eden? The thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Even if you don't need the money. Nobody should lay on their butt every day and do nothing. Nobody should. If you don't need the money, go to work and take that money and give it to the Lord. Give it to those that have need. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Corrupt? I kind of think of corrosive too. You pass a tanker on the 
interstate. Corrosive liquids. Probably got acid, sulfuric acid, or even stuff worse than that. And if it turns, why do they always turn over in their trains, Karen? Because they, they run too fast, that's why. But anything that hurts and destroys, don't let it come out of your mouth. Think about what you say before you say it. Boom! How long does it take to shoot that gun? Not even a second. How much damage can you do with one shot? You could destroy multiple lives with one shot. Well, your mouth is the same way. Your words, be careful of what you say. But that which is good to the use of edifying, building up. And you know, a wife that constantly harps on her husband and berates him, belittles him, she's destroying him. But a husband that constantly belittles his wife He's destroying her too because you know what? You take kids, anybody, someone who has any authority over them whatsoever, and they constantly belittle, demean, accuse, and slander those people. They begin agreeing with you. They begin going down just as you're putting them down with your mouth. But God says... Building up. Not lying, but building up. Saying that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. I've heard this all my life. Get in an invitation, the preacher says, Now the most important part of the service is to give an invitation. And don't be talking and passing notes because you'll grieve the Holy Spirit. I've heard it all my life by, by probably 90% of the preachers. What they ought to do is read their Bible every now and then and find out that this grieving the Holy Spirit has to do with, with exactly what he's given us in that list. What not to do and what to do. Whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. The, the Holy Spirit is the author of the sealing. Now he says, let. You got the right, you got the, uh, the power to do it. All bitterness. You know, I, some people go through some stuff that you just can't imagine. You never know what somebody's gone through in their life. Don't ever say that you, you had the toughest childhood. Because you probably haven't. There are people that have gone through stuff that you just can't imagine. But what thrills my soul when I see somebody that's gone through that and they're not the least bit bitter. <laughs> that just absolutely thrills my soul. It really does. And Paul says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger 
and clamor and evil speaking be put away. There we go again, put away from you. And also with all malice. <laughs> malice is evil intent. Let that all go away from you. Get, just get rid of all that. And then, and this positive thing, be ye kind. I don't see a lot of kindness from people anymore. But amongst God's people, we ought to be the kindest people around. Amen. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Say, so, well, I forgave him. Well, that's good. Has he forgiven you? He didn't just say one of you forgive. That word is loose in the Greek. Forgiving one another. Reciprocal forgiving. We all need forgiveness. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Amen. He hasn't forgiven us because of our sake. Amen. He hasn't forgiven us because we've asked him. He has forgiven us for Christ's sake. Amen. And that ought to get you off your high horse. That ought to get you down to the humble ground where he is. Come, learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly of spirit.